If you're sick of the mainstream sports outlets, well, so was I. So I started my own show. I'm Shane Larson, and this is the Game Time Guru. It's different than other talk shows. I'm providing a panoramic view on sports so you can see them through a different lens. So buckle up and let's go. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome out to the Game Time Guru Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Shane Larson. Excited to be here with you guys today. Hey, guys, listen up. Before we get started, make sure you remember this podcast is being brought to you by Audible. Make sure if you like reading books, but you just like prefer to listen to them rather than actually reading a physical book, go get your Audible 30-day free trial using my link. I'll put it in the description, but also remember if you just want to type it in, it's audibletrial.com slash thegametimeguru. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash thegametimeguru. And the reason I say that is because, guys, we're in a time right now where a lot of you guys are having a little bit more time to spend at home, trying to figure out uh, what to do with your free time. What better way to educate yourselves by reading books? I'm currently finishing up, finally, the book, It Takes What It Takes by Trevor Moad, who happens to be Russell Wilson's strategic advisor. Unbelievable book, talking, teaching you how to think neutrally and t- uh, teaching athletes how to think neutrally as well. So if you guys want to check that book out, audibletrial.com slash thegametimeguru. And make sure, if you have not done so already, that you are subscribed to the podcast on all of your favorite podcast platforms and give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That'd be extremely helpful. Now, we got all the business stuff out of the way. Now we're getting to the fun stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to welcome onto the show Mr. Ken Childs. He is the owner of slidingonice.com. Slidingonice.com, we'll put that in the description as well. And we're going to get to know Ken and what he does uh, in the sports world. So, Ken, thanks so much for joining the show. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, we're excited to have you on here. It's a little bit of a unique um, discussion because that's kind of the whole point of the Game Time Guru podcast. We just really want to bring on people from all walks of life, all angles on sports. We're trying to, to get people all around to share their story. So before we get into kind of what you do with slidingonice.com, what brought you to that point, let's kind of get to know your background in sports, Ken. What, what's your background in sports, whether you competed in sports or you've been around them your whole life? Kind of give us a little breakdown there. Sure. So, um, you know, like most people, I played sports as a kid growing up. Um, ended up going to a North Carolina Wesleyan College to play baseball managed to uh make the team and then promptly get injured and that was that um so that that was played uh, ended up playing club lacrosse in college played uh club lacrosse out of college for a little bit broke my elbow playing uh lacrosse so that was kind of the end of my club years doing that um sat around for a while after that got good and fat you know like we all do and um yeah about 2005 2006 got involved in um uh, with a motorsports website that's now defunct and kind of started writing and doing photography for them and did that for a while. And in 2010, 2011, decided to start a website on bobsledding, um, skeleton illusion. Um, it's kind of taken off and it's been a really, really fun ride. Okay. I want to touch, touch base on a couple of those things you just said. One, you have a background in sports and went through some injuries that always is like frustrating, but it's cool to see that you're, you know, still in the sports world in some form or fashion. You mentioned you started writing and doing photography. When did you get into the right? Have you always been into like journalism in that, in that sense? Did you go to school? Oh, no, I was a, um, I was a business major in college, uh, business and computer. So I double majored in that, uh, had a minor in history, did well in my English classes, but never really had a, like a set journalism thing. Um, I basically, I po- used to post on a, uh, on the message board of a website and, um, the, the local racing community in the area had a, a one website that kind of did stuff in this region. 
And um, long story short, they were looking for people and I had some downtime. I'm like, yeah, I'll try to help out where I can. And, um, you know, they found out I was pretty decent at taking pictures. And um, so they're like, hey, there's this uh, event at Martinsville Speedway. It's the, um, now it's the uh, Valley Star Credit Union 300, which is the, uh, it's the biggest race of uh, late model stock racing, which is like kind of local, the top tier of local racing in the area. So you've got your local racetrack in your area. Um, you know, living in North Carolina, we've got a few. Right. Um, and um, anyway, long story short, they uh, asked me to go out there and I started doing some pictures and on their test day and the website liked my work and I ended up um, working with them for the better part of six, seven years or so, at least going to about 60 races a year. Um, Cause there's a race every week somewhere. Usually there's a race on Friday and a race on Saturday in this region. So I go to two races a weekend, probably 60 races a year, uh, traveled about 20, 25,000 miles a year, just doing that. Um, and, um, that just kind of went along the website kind of went their own way. I kind of left that. And, um, having doing a lot of the work at Martinsville Speedway for the website over the years, they got to know me and got to know that I was still wanted to stay involved in the sport. And they asked me to kind of stay on to take pictures, do interviews and stuff like that. And I've been doing that ever since. So I've been doing the track photography for Martinsville Speedway and, um, I've been the PA announcer at South Boston Speedway for the last four years now as well. Just um, same kind of deal. Tracks are, are always looking for help. Um, and one thing led to another, and I got involved in that from working with the website. They needed to fill an announcer one time. And what, what I found at the lo more local level of sports is if you just go, ah, hell, I'll give it a try. That gets you in a lot of the time, like an absurd amount of times. Just, hey, I'll give it a whirl and see what happens. And if you suck at it, you suck at it. If you're any good at it, you can maybe turn it into something. I dig that story, man. That's really, really cool. Um, wow. Okay, so explain this to us. Did you have a background in motorsports before you had kind of taken that dive into that realm? Or were you kind of learning along the way? Oh, I mean, I, I've always, since I was a little kid, I always watched racing. Uh, I grew up in Western Massachusetts. We had a little short track up there. Um, at Riverside Park, which is now a Six Flags. The racetrack is right where the Superman, the ride is now. Um, but the local track ran there all the time growing up. So my parents would take me to the races there. Uh, we go down to Stafford Speedway once in a while, uh, just south of there in Connecticut. Um, Stafford's still running today. Um, but yeah, um, I, I was always interested, uh, was a huge Richard Petty fan growing up. Um, and, you know, when I went to Wesleyan down here in Rocky Mount, uh, you know, I'm in North Carolina, there's motorsports everywhere. Right. And so it was an easy way to get involved in that. And um, so I'd go to my local racetracks around here. And that's how I learned about the website that was kind of, at the time, it was really the only website covering local racing in the region. Um, that has since blown up as five or six now around here. Um, now but at the time it was the only one the only one that was providing race day updates the only one providing like lots of pictures of events and stuff um and so i used to write on their message board and that's when they kind of found me um and it kind of bloomed from there but i never really growing up never like thought to myself one day i'm gonna be involved in the sport that just seemed completely out there as something that i could do and i, I vividly remember walking into martinsville speedway the first day for that test and, you know, I have, I still have my tickets over in turn one. Um, I let a friend of mine use them now, but I still have my, I used to, I go to races there all the time before 
I got involved in this in working with the you know website and everything. So I have tickets, I still have them. And so I walked into the infield and I look around and I'm like, holy crap, I am here inside the track where like, you know, Martinsville is one of the oldest tracks on the circuit. So it's like, this is amazing. Here I am, you know, and I get to do this at least once. Um, and to this day, you know, even now working for the, for the track, every event I go to, there's a point where it just kind of hits me and I'm like, my God, I get to like, be here and take pictures and talk with all these famous drivers and just get to, and I've made so many great friends over the years doing this kind of thing. Some of my best friends I've made from either motorsports or bobsled or whatever. Um, So it's just, it's nothing I imagined would happen. I've just always been really interested in the sport and that's kind of how it came to be. I am so intrigued by that. It's super cool hearing that story. Now it, it, and as you're talking, Ken, it reminds me of a time when I spoke with, at the time, ESPN analyst Adnan Verk. Now, he works for the uh, Zone now, and he's mm-hmm. on his own thing. But at the time, he was at ESPN. He was on my show, and he was talking about one of the things he actually told aspiring journalists was to educate yourselves in sports that you may not – that aren't so mainstream, right? So educate yourselves in the sports that aren't as popular. Maybe you don't know too much about them, but educate yourselves because those will provide opportunities. Yep. And just hearing you kind of talk about that, now we're going to get into your experience with the bobsledding stuff. It kind of – rings true now it's, it's funny you know it goes back full circle we're talking a year two years ago i talked to adnan and now i'm seeing i'm talking to somebody who kind of like went the route that he was doing without even talking to him about it you know it's kind of cool to see it yeah. Yeah. so and i'm right there with you i love those like when you you do something like that you take a, a you know you never know what's going to come of it but you still can build relationships and so many cool experiences can come from it so it's cool to see that even on that part of of the sports world the relationships and the experiences you have been able to experience and have are incredible and that's awesome because you decided you were going to do something and uh you may not have known everything about it but you learned along the way now you've got you've got all right. these cool connections now sliding on ice.com so you you, you <laughs> the the website for the motorsport stuff it went away you said it kind of just it was done but you're still kind of connected in that sport but then you wanted to go the bobsled route my question yeah. is when you say Why? bobsled what, yeah <laughs> what what got you there like that's not a very like popular sport amongst everybody i guess it's really popular it should be we'll start there it definitely okay. should be um why is that well the sport's amazing the people are amazing the sport's amazing it's got all the bobsled skeleton loose has all the speed you want it's got athleticism it's got everything it really does um and i learned that i was nine years old i'm 40 now i turned 41 in june and i was nine years old during the 1988 winter olympics in calgary and I ended up um, ended up watching that like the whole time, start to finish. Uh, it's during my part of it was during my winter break. Uh, there's a winter break in West, or at least there was. God, thirty years ago. My God, I'm old. Um, thirty <laughs> years ago, when there's a, we had like a winter break in February and then a spring break a little later on. Um, and during the winter break, um, I watched the Olympics and then I got sick. So I'm basically like stayed home for another four or five days and watched two straight weeks of the Olympics. And I was in bed and I remember watching bobsled, watching luge and thinking to myself, well, man, this is cool. Those things go really fast, kind of like race cars. Right. Right. And that's sort of where I got hooked. And so, you know, wide world of sports would come on and during the winter time, they'd show the races either from Lake Placid or from, you know, wherever at the time. Um, And I'd be hooked. And then as I got a little older, the uh, now defunct Speed Channel used to show them because they, they had no content for the winter time. 
So they'd show bobsled, skeleton, whatever on there. And I kept watching and watching and thought, man, this is awesome. Um, and then one fateful day, I was still working for the motorsports website, you know, on the side. Um, and I thought to myself, man, I'm going to go look, so, look up some more of this information. And there wasn't a whole lot. Like, I just wanted to find, like, schedules and stuff like that because I know they race in Lake Placid. When did they race in Lake Placid? Couldn't find it. And, and that's the moment where I thought to myself, all right, the hell with it. I'll do it, I'll do it myself. And um, put out some contacts. Um, you know, at the time, uh, Jeffrey Bodine and had his Bodine bobsled project, which is kind of the little inner meshing between NASCAR and bobsled. Um, and so I was like, hey, look, I, you know, I contacted some PR folks uh, with the U.S. Federation or the Canadian Federation and said, hey, I, I've got this um, idea for a website I want to start doing. Um, could you please get me on whatever mailing list you have? What Things like that. Um, bought the domain um, and just tried coming up with ideas. And it, I look back now, you know, I've been doing a decade now. And I look back when I first started and it was a great idea. And I had like a couple of ideas of stuff I wanted to do. And now it's just become so much more um, with everything I do with it. Um, but really at the time, it was just a matter of, wow, this looks cool. I would like to know more information about it. Oh, well, there isn't any. I'll find it all and just put it out there for everybody else. Um, and that's, you know, fast forward 2018, I was in Pyeongchang for the Olympics. Um, very similar to the Martinsville thing, looking around going, good God almighty, what am I doing here? Um, and yeah, it, and that's just kind of how it came to be. Um, and I, there's not a lot of people that write about the sports in the country on purpose. Um, you know, there's a great writer down in Miami, Tim Reynolds, writes for the AP, and he does a lot of work with the sports in the wintertime as well. But that's about it in uh, the United States. So I've kind of, again, found my niche. I like that, man. I think it's super cool. Um, not sure what you guys have for, like, I'm, I mean, I've looked at sliding on ice.com. I've got it open right here. I'm literally yeah. taking a look at it. What about podcasting or, or stuff like that? Do you guys have anything like that connected with your podcast, Ken? Not really. I, I, I thought about doing like a podcast or whatever, but as your listeners will find, I get sick of listening to myself. Um, I can't, and in my head, I'm like, I can't imagine people doing this once a week, once a month, whatever. Um, so I, for now I've, I've stuck to the writing part of it. Um, and the tour comes to Lake Placid once a year. Uh, my, my first year doing this world championships happened to be in Lake Placid. So that's two weeks long that I hung out there and kind of met people that I'd interacted with for the, for the first year of doing this between um, PR folks, the athletes and all that. Um, they kind of all got to know me through Facebook and Twitter and stuff as this guy that's all of a sudden writing about the sport. Um, and so it's kind of coming full circle. It'll be, this is my 10th season doing this coming up and world championships again are in Lake Placid. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a lot. <laughs> I think it's super awesome what you're doing. And the only reason I brought up the podcasting is I'm wondering if like, now you got an established base and a good niche yeah. that you've, you've hit and, you know, people consume content in multiple ways. Like, I, I wonder if that might not be something to add to it, but Hey, like do your thing. Cause it's obviously working. It's funny. You mentioned all this. I don't know if you, I mean, you probably met a million different athletes, but there's a local, a lo local guy from Meridian, Idaho, where I'm from. And uh, we actually played basketball in high school together. His name's Andrew Blazer. And oh yeah, uh, no. yeah, Andrew Blazer. He uh, he went to school with me. I was a year older than him, but we played ball on the same teams and stuff. And 
then after he was done track and field and went through college, broke all the records at University of Idaho, all the stuff. And then, uh, yeah, I, I randomly saw him like two years ago training for like yep. a skeleton. I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not very popular around here in Idaho, but we all knew who he was because he was a pretty well-established um, athlete around the state of Idaho. Everybody kind of knew him, sure. his, his, his badges that he kind of basically earned, you know, all through his yeah. career. And uh, now he's into it. Um, and he's trying to train for this and that. So I'm wondering, yeah, I mean, maybe you've crossed paths with him. I don't know. He's oh, definitely, like, definitely. Yeah, we've, we've chatted. That's so crazy. Small world now that I'm thinking about yeah, it. It's awesome. But like, that's what opened my eyes to all of this. And so when, when uh, I was speaking, you know, obviously I, I was working with a, a football team here locally in Idaho, came in contact with an individual who got me in contact with you. It's just crazy how like, yes. small the world is and how there's these connections. But it's interesting because just within the last year and a half or so, I started opening my eyes to the whole like bobsled type thing and like these types of sports. And I'm like, I wonder if I'll ever get somebody from there on my show. I was going to have Andy on my show. So I think I'll get him on there. Um, and now I'm talking to you and it's, yeah. it's super cool how it, it's all come in full circle. Now I have a question specifically for you, Ken, in regards to photography. Sure. Okay? Photography is, it's an art, it's a skill and it's not, you're not just born with it. It seems like there's a lot of like to get the right photo. Um, every sport's going to be different. I've talked, I've talked to a photographer for the Atlanta Falcons who talked about like kind of their skill sets for football, mm -hmm. but everything's different. I'm curious for like motorsports and like these kind of these sports, like, like bobsledding where whether it be luge skeleton whatever um what would you say is like what creates the perfect picture the perfect photo for the consumer of that content um in those sports specifically i mean it really depends um so for motorsports it it's funny because i always joke you know the race cars are generally going faster than the bobsledders but if i miss a sh if i miss if i've got to get a shot of jimmy johnson coming off of turn four at martinsville just to have a shot of him if I miss the shot or I don't like the shot, 20 seconds from then, he'll be coming back. You know, um, bobsled, you miss the shot, it's gone. That is your one shot at it. You know, they'll take two runs, but generally you're in two different spots. Um, World Championships, you have the luxury of this. They take four runs. Um, Luge takes two runs uh, still. But um, really, to get a good shot... It, or, you know, say the perfect photo is kind of funny because there's really no great, like, perfect photo for everything. You know, you have I've – I've got some amazing shots from um, turn four at Martinsville, one uh, from the first night race I had for the late models where uh, Myatt Snyder is basically jumping over the hood of another car and you see sparks in the whole thing. I um, have another one from, that, from an earlier late model race with Lee Pulliam and Mike Looney where – Pulliam's actually up on the rear fender, up in the air almost, and just sparks coming out. And as that was the battle for the lead with two laps to go in the race. Oh, wow. So, you know, some of it's just being, a, especially in motorsports, a lot of it's being in the right place at the right time. Um, you know, there's, because even at Martinsville, it's, it's a half-mile track. You know, South Boston Speedway, where I announced, is a four-tenths mile track. You know, but there's only a certain spot you can be. So I always joke, usually the most action happens wherever I'm not. If I'm in turn three, something's going to happen over in turn one all the way across the track, and I can't get to it. Um, but really, for like the perfect shot, it's, it's just kind of, if you can get something, <laughs> it sounds so cliche, if, if you can get something awesome that happened at an important time in the event, you know, part of the photo is how cool does it look? Part of it is context. And a lot of that context is what makes the photo great. 
you know, the Maya Snyder one, it's awesome. You know, almost dirt jumping up over somebody's uh, other car. But it was just a crash during the race. It just looks pretty cool. Yeah, the Lee Puglia Mike Looney one, that is for the lead two laps to go in the biggest race those guys race. That's their Daytona 500 at that race. That's the biggest race they run all year. That's for $25,000 for the winner. And two laps ago, that happened. And Looney, for a little backstory, he's a beloved racer in this region, doesn't race with a lot of money. That car pulled up to practice in an open, open air trailer, not even like a, a pull behind regular race car, just an open air race car trailer like they used to do 25, 30 years ago. And he came out and won the whole thing. Um, it's kind of a cool story. But so that battle, to me, that's just a much better photo because it was a cool shot, but something cool happened. And that's, you know, right. it, and it was an important part of the race. I, I feel like a lot of times context is really the most important thing. And to get that context, do you, is that, does that come with the journalism aspect? Like the caption yes, of that yeah. photo? Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, if anybody can, anybody with a camera can go take pictures. Um, especially nowadays, it's so much easier to go out there with a camera and get some decent shots. You know, the, the camera does a lot of it for you nowadays. It, there's a lot more, obviously, technical things you can do. Um, you know, I, and, and like plastic, the lighting's all sorts of wonky on the track. And so there's a lot of technical adjustments you make on the camera to try to get the lighting perfect, try to get everything perfect. And then God help you, a cloud comes through and ruins the whole thing. Um, but um, yeah, but, you know, it's a matter of kind of knowing what you're looking at and really trying to get those shots at those moments are really the, the important thing. Um, you know, and obviously there's some things you want to do in, especially in motorsports, you, you know, how focused do you want the people in the background? You know, I, I prefer to have a little more blur in my shot just to, to give the, to make the cars look even faster. You know, it, you, you see some of these great photos where everything is blurry and then in focus is that one race car, you know, and that's, to me, that's always a really cool looking shot. Um, some people really don't like that. They just like a crisp everything. So you can kind of see the whole thing, you know, the, the fans, the, everything else going on in the background. Um, and there's a time and place for that. It just really depends on the situation. I think. Totally, man. Um, I, I'm just curious. Cause like, I've seen a lot of people, like a lot of photographers that I've spoken with, uh, just being at games and stuff myself, basketball tournaments, stuff like that. When we've got tons of photographers, they're taking tons of shots. Like <sighs> they're taking tons. I mean, I don't even know. Like I'm talking in the hundreds of, of shots, if not thousands sometimes over the course of two days, three days tournaments. Oh, absolutely. I'm curious. Like, so the caption's super important. Is there a tip or a trick that you use to like make sure that you remember what that photo was all about? Like, do you go back to your car that night or back to your house? I should say that night and, pop it into the computer and take notes and be like, okay, this was from this race and this turn and whatever it may be for whichever event you're doing. Yeah. I mean, if there's, if there's certain things that happen, I always carry a notepad and try to make sure, um, you know, if something does important happens or, yeah, I started carrying the notepad in part just because like I had to run into people that would want a very specific photo of something that I needed an email to send it to. Um, but then, you know, the more I did stuff, it was like both there's notes as to what the photo was where it was, and then sometimes some technical notes about what did I do to get the lighting right, to get the, the you know, those things right. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I try to take notes where I can. You know, I usually carry a voice recorder with me as well because, you know, I'm, you know, for the Bobsled website, I'm the writer, I'm the photographer, I'm the owner, I'm, I'm 
that's it. It's a one man show. Um, and so there's, um, you know, I, I try to have everything ready. If I need to do an interview, I got the recorder. If I need to just take notes, I've got a pen and paper. I, um, so really just attention to detail and just making sure I have, you know, like the Pulliam Looney race thing. That's something I just, I will remember because it was, you know, last lap of the last race. You, you can't really forget that. Um, but there's other stuff um, that either that or I've got to go back and try to find somebody's write-up of an event. And I'd rather not spend that much time looking for it. I'd just rather have it all right in front of me. Totally, man. It's just super cool to get to know you, can kind of see the inside details of what's going on. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, that's a lot of work, man. People don't realize that there's – and you're running your – like slidingonice.com, that's yours. You're the one-man show. You just said it. There's a lot that goes into it. You're, you're a one-man show. You're a Swiss Army knife, if you will, when it comes mm -hmm. to that skill set. I'm curious, and I want to know, like, what's the ultimate goal? What's the ultimate goal for Ken Childs? What would you like to do in the oh, next geez. five years with this website, or what would you like to do with this career? Like, where do we expect to see you? Man, I'll tell you what. The goal for the website is just to keep, kind of keep doing what I'm doing, adding, try to find ways I can add content um, here and there. You know, it's the off-season right now. It is a boring time to write about bobsledding because there's nothing going on. Uh, you know, not, people aren't even training right now. They're all kind of hanging out. Um, you know, I mean, some people, they're hitting the weight room and stuff, but like the real intensive, you know, track work and stuff like that doesn't really kick off for a couple months. Um, normally, this is the time a lot of people take their vacations. Um, obviously, a lot of those are staycations right now. Right. Um, but um, so, so with that, um, you know, for me, if I could just keep, for the photography stuff, it's really just keep doing what I'm doing. I really for all of it, keep doing what I'm doing. I love what I do. Um, you know, the announcing in South Boston is kind of a dream of mine. That is an old historic NASCAR racetrack. And I get, I get to go to those races, get to talk to the fans about racing. Um, and it, it's great. The, the bobsled stuff, if I can just educate fans, if I can get one more set of eyes on a race, then I feel like I'm doing something, you know, there are, there's an endless supply of athletes, stories, um, to all sorts of stuff that a lot of people, they watch the Olympics, they see bobsledding, they see skeleton, they see luge and they're like, Oh, cool. This is a thing. They, they cheer for their country, you know, NBC, CBC or whoever will do their stories about, you know, kind of the top athletes and stuff. Um, and, and that's great. It's great for them to get those stories out there, but man, there's a lot of people that are doing just as much work that won't get a quarter of the screen time, if even, and those people's stories should be out there too. Um, and the, the more I can do that and the more I can try to you know, if I can get some cool photos out there of stuff, if I can get, you know, interviews and stories and stuff, we have got a lot of fun stuff planned for the summer, I hope. Um, as far as some stories and some, I don't say activities, but yeah, a lot of cool stuff we're going to be doing. Um, and it's, it's really, it's just, a, if I can do that and get some more eyes on the sport is really what I want. You know, I, I want athletes to be able to look to sponsors and go, Hey, look, this is the stuff I'm doing. Here it is on a website. You know, I'd like to plug, you know, my sponsors and it's one way I could do that. 
yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff that we could maybe do. And I'm, I'm trying to just get that for the athletes as best I can. If I don't make a dime doing it, um, my life goal for the website financially is if it can pay for itself one day, that'd be phenomenal. Um, yeah. You know, I, I work a regular nine to five job and I'm an IT manager. Um, it's what I do for during the day, the bobsled stuff, the racing stuff and all that. That's nights and weekends. Um, you know, my, my weekends are usually spent watching bobsled skeleton luge from my couch, from my bed, from, from somewhere um, and writing about it where, where I am. Um, basically early mornings, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for 10 to 12 weeks a year. And then the rest of the time is kind of prep work and things like that as well. Um, but yeah, the ultimate goal, just if I can get more eyes on the sport and, you know, with the photography, if I can get just one person to look at, they go, oh man, that's cool. I need to go see that in person or I need to make sure I catch it on TV. Then that's, that's all I'm shooting for. I love it, man. I love it. So slidingonice.com, this is Ken Childs, the owner, the creator, the one-man army of <laughs> slidingonice.com. Go check it out. I'll put it here in the description for the podcast as well. And we're going to do what we can to get eyes on there. I appreciate what you're doing, Ken, as well. I think it's super cool. It's kind of the idea of like my podcast. I, I try to do, try to get people's stories out there. And I think you're kind of in the same boat in regards to the sports that you're, you're covering. You're trying to get their stories, trying to get eyes on it, trying to get, give people a platform. And I think it's awesome. Um, I respect what you're doing. And uh, I really appreciate you joining the show and letting us hear a little bit more from you. And we, we really appreciate it. Enjoyed it. Awesome guys. Now, once again, this is Ken Charles. Is there anywhere we can uh, follow you? Is there any social media that's attached to that? that yeah. Uh, Twitter's the, Twitter's the best place to follow me at the Ken Childs. Cause some jerk took Ken Childs years ago. So, <laughs> so the Ken Childs on Twitter. Um, that's me. Uh, that's the best place right to find me right now. Um, I've got a Flickr page that I link to once in a while on, um, on my Twitter and that's will be the best place to find all my photos. There's a, God knows how many photos out there. If you ever just want to browse through and check them out. Um, <laughs> the Ken Childs on Flickr, if you want to check that out. And that's where all the pictures are. Um, I try to keep that pretty updated, but over race weekend, I'll take 3000 photos. Um, so it takes a while to get them all up there, but yeah, that's where, that's where you can find me. Awesome. V Ken Childs, correct? Yep. Awesome. We'll get you, we'll follow you there. I'll put it in the description here as well. And once again, we appreciate you tuning in and uh, you guys know the drill. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Give me five stars and subscribe so that we can uh, bring you more content and we'll talk to you guys next week. Guys, thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast with Ken Childs. If you guys enjoyed the episode, share it with your friends and family and anyone who's a fan of the sport of bobsledding and motocross and everything that Ken talked about today. Make sure to head on over to iTunes, leave me a five-star review, and we'll talk to you guys next time.